1: Welcome to Real Jam Radio. I'm Daniel, your host, and so happy to have you with us for this episode. I wanted to have on Arturo Galletti, longtime friend of the show, actually the first ever guest on Real Jam Radio, and wanted to to catch up on the over-unders that we did before the season, right when the numbers actually came out. And was a lot of fun to go through and what we got right, what we got wrong. And it was a really long, it was a three-hour conversation. So what I ended up doing was splitting it in two. There's a logical way to do that with the Eastern and Western Conference. So this is the Eastern Conference, conference. It's a little, little bit out of date because we recorded it on Saturday night. And so of course things have happened during this week that have changed the way we would think about these things. That's the way it works sometimes with the podcast. So you can listen to it, enjoy it. I, I love doing it. And this episode is brought to you by two sponsors, including a very new one, MyBookie.ag. And if you use the promo code real GM, you can get a 50% deposit bonus on your first on your first deposit, and so that means if you put in 100 you get $50, and again, it's the promo code REALGM. And then our friends at SeatGeek, you again use the promo code REALGM, and you get $20 on your first order, and it is my go-to for both buying and selling tickets. So, Conversation with Arturo runs, it's about an hour 20, and there should be timestamps on it, so for those of you who, who like that, you can look forward to it that way. Hope you enjoy. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, it's a pleasure to be on, Danny. So we're going through the over-unders as we did at great length, wonderful length before the season. And this is actually a little later than we usually do it, but that was just kind of due to circumstance and everything else. And I think this is the way we actually did it when we did that podcast. We're going to go bottom to top, east to west. So basically the bottom of the east to the top of the east, the bottom of the west to the top of the west. Do you want to let people know kind of what, what information we're using to to make kind of the calls so far?
0: Yeah, and, and I've posted it before on Twitter, and I'm going to post it again after the podcast so Danny Danny uh, can share it. But it's basically a sheet that just shows what the odds were for the overs and unders, and uh, a couple different models that we looked at, like my own, the, the, there's a highly, highly plausible model from Nalan Calculus, and then just kind of our, our feel for it. And we said whether or not we were going to go uh, whether we like the overplay, which means we thought the team was going to be better than the projection. Uh, whether we like the underplay, which means we thought they are going to be worse. And whether or not either Danny or I felt like we should we would play it if we were using our own money or we would fade the bet because we are like, well, that's not good. And, and again, we'll talk a little bit about this as we go through it. But it'll make sense, right? And, and we, we'll talk a little bit about the teams.
1: We'll start out with the Philadelphia 76ers. Their numbers were 24.5 or 26.5. We actually disagreed on this. You like the over. And I like the under. And depending on how this ends, it could get pretty close to both. The Sixers are now
0: at 23 wins right now. So I've got the over on this. It's projected at 30. But, like, keep in mind, you know, obviously we all know that Embiid got hurt. And they're kind of, you know, they're they're floundering a little bit. They're, 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 you know, the T-word might be involved here. So, I mean, I think that it's pretty safe. I mean, it was 24 and a half. I think they just need to win basically two more games out of the last. And I think other teams are kind of, you know, I haven't looked at their schedule, but right now I've got them at like a significant number of wins at this point. And again, I think that it was a good year for them. Uh, I like, obviously, everybody liked the process. Everybody likes Joel Embiid. He's great. We liked him for Rookie of the Year. He might still win it, but it's going to be interesting because he got hurt. What did you think of the New orleans
1: trade? I didn't love it for them, mostly because the two second-round picks didn't have a ton of upside, especially now we're seeing Dallas making a little bit of a playoff push. I mean, e- either way, it's going to be a middle second-round pick. Like, that's just what it's going to be. And I prefer, if I'm the Sixers, I prefer a single better asset than two smaller ones.
0: Yeah, I was actually, I mean, I, and we'll get into this in this podcast, obviously, but I'm a, I'm a Celtics fan, and I was actually kind of offended that, like, you know, nobody, like, the Celtics didn't go out and try to get Noel because Noel's Nor- is actually... So for me, it's like Noel's a 22-year-old center who actually is a—he is a legit NBA starter. He, He's—I think the Dallas really kind of stole him, and I—you I, know—I I know a little bit about the Dallas training stuff, and I think if, if, if Mark and and, and Dallas strings staff think that Noel's is worth what they paid for him, and they're going to sign him to that long-term contract then I think the entire league missed on this, right? It was a really good trade for them because it gives them, like, a, an asset that they weren't going to get. I mean, they weren't going to get that a guy like that out of the draft, right?
1: I, I think that's a, a good way of putting it. And I'm Although, interested... I
0: mean, I'm uh, interested...
1: Justin it, yeah, Justin Anderson's a good fit for them. I should have mentioned him when I, when I was talking about it. But... The, he, he's more of a support piece in a likelihood. And so, uh, yeah, I, I'm i mad at, uh, just, just like with a couple other things, I'm mad at the other teams for not doing it. It was kind of the same thing with Taj Gibson. I thought that Oklahoma City got him for cheap, and that's more on Oklahoma City, uh, on everybody else not making the offers than Chicago taking what they did.
0: Perfect. Yeah, I mean, you can't blame the team that actually did it. I mean, it's just no. something like... I think, I think the Sixers, it's interesting. Well, it's like, I
1: don't think the Sixers should have traded Noel if that was the price, first of all. That's, that's another point for me.
0: Yeah, I, I'm like, you could have gotten a better price for him, like, at the draft, no?
1: Like well, so the, at, at, at that point, basically, the only way you can get an asset is if you can convince the other team that you're going to match on a restricted offer because you can't trade somebody's restricted rights. But they could have done that. Or at that point, you've you've gotten a lot more information. You can make that. I don't think that the information gleaned in that is. I think it would have been useful. And who knows? Maybe his market's going to be a little bit weaker. So it's not a huge. Like a huge black mark, especially considering they got Justin Anderson who could help them. But I would have liked them waiting instead of doing what they did.
0: but I mean, and, and I made this point, and and I think that basically Noel's is better than anything the Celtics are going to have, at, for example, at center for the next ten years, probably, right? Because I don't think that they're not going to draft it. The, they're not going to draft the big men. They never do. And I love Al, but like, I mean, and we'll talk a little bit about that. Al's not really. A center. He's more of a four playing out of position, and then that kind of shows. And you know, I play a little bit of DFS uh, very successfully, and you know, I always pick the guy who's playing against Al Horford because he kills him on the boards, and that's kind of a problem. So, I mean, having a, again, I, I say having a guy like Noel's who can protect the rim and is a kind of legit starting center, I mean, we haven't even developed him is a great deal for the price they're going to pay for him. And he's better than anything you're going to get on the draft. So I think, again, it, the Philly thing kind of confused me. I, I don't know why Philly just kind of like said, oh, we got to get rid of him. I mean, it, well, I mean, it might just be the Clangels, but, you know, who knows?
1: We'll move to the Nets. The Nets were, it was 20 and a half, mm-hmm. and a half. They're going to go under in all likelihood. And I understand why we both went over, because we didn't expect this to fall off the rails as much as it did. And with a little bit more going right, like Jeremy Lin playing a little bit more i still think they would have gone over
0: Well, i mean i think the trick on this is 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 if you think about it we both they didn't have any incentive to tank because they don't own their picks and we kind of thought and they kind of looked all right i mean they they had the pieces for a decent team it's just one of those things where like you know things just sometimes there's one team that's like the mash unit and like the the they were the mash unit this year and what i mean by that like you know for those for those young ones out there who don't know what that is that's that's the military hospital so somebody gets hit by the injury bug and just the just team just you know whatever I, I think they've made some nice moves though right i don't dislike what they've done with you know they they have a really bare cupboard. there was there was a really heated argument the other day on twitter about who's going to be better over the next uh five to ten years Whether it was going to be the nets or the knicks and and a lot of us kind of thought that the Nets, just because we think that their their org is just better. And, and I mean, I don't think that the Knicks have enough assets to offset what they are in terms of, uh, you know, the GM and the, uh, and the, and the coach.
1: I would lean Knicks just because Porzingis is a better asset and a better player than any young guy that either team has. And if the Nets had their own picks after this year, I would probably go with them. But that extra season is going to hurt. And also, I like what Brooklyn has done as kind of in the short term to, to, you know, reasonable contracts, no bad deals. But they also, one aspect that I expected them to do... And maybe that's coming this summer is getting players on low deals with kind of long term, you know, like kind of like maybe a little bit more money per season, but signing them for four years so that they would be around for the next good Nets team. We didn't see that, but maybe they wanted to wait a year because last year the market was just so oversaturated that it would have been hard to sign somebody to reasonable money and years because everybody could get unreasonable money and unreasonable years
0: yeah and this is what they really want to do is just they want to get those 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 reclaim assets or or slightly damaged assets that are out there like at cheap prices and just get a lot of those guys and churn them try to find something that kind of uh you know you're trying to find something you're trying to restock the cover right so i i think that like yeah just don't tie yourself to any like large deals and and try to bring in, you know, a lot of young guys, a lot of, as you say, guys who are cheap and who are undervalued for X or Y season and try to find something. Right? Again, I, I think they, they're they on the right path. But, yeah, I mean, like, we just didn't expect the season to go. The so we both had the over on them. We know why we had the over, but they're not going to hit the over, right? At this point, it, it's just not feasible for them to do that.
1: One that we did get exactly right was the Knicks. The Knicks were the low number was 38 and The high number was 40 and We both loved the under, and they're absolutely going to hit the under.
0: Yeah, we, we actually – I had a note saying that, wait for that line to go up a bit. Actually, I think it ended up – I think the, the – the, it ended up at like 41 or 42, I want to say. Yeah, so, I mean, you can always count on Knicks fans to bet that number up, and just – this team is just a mess, and it just – you know, they they just – I mean it's it's the Knicks. What can you say? I mean, I I don't like anything on the roster and the moves that they kind of were going to make were I mean, I would have liked it if they've done that that, that Rubio trade. What do, what did you feel about that Rubio trade?
1: I don't think it made sense from the Wolves perspective. So if the Knicks could have done it without giving up too much, then by all means. But I think that's kind of where the issue came is that the Knicks are actually very asset poor unless they're gonna throw in one of their key things. Like there there are a couple teams like this where they have players and they have some picks but those things are not really negotiable so they are asset poor in that sense
0: yeah i don't the, the thing that the kind of a, you mentioned Porzingis and and i don't like the situation of Porzingis like if you have a guy like that right he, he hasn't been good this season i think a lot of that is because he's in a situation that's kind of toxic and he's with guys who are just like you got rose and and I, although rose has actually been better recently but again you got guys that are, that are going to take the focus off of him and he's not going to develop properly. You know, if I look at him versus somebody like uh, Nurkic or Jokic and uh, right now they're, you know, Nurkic is is showing something in Portland but like I mean Jokic is just miles ahead of him in Denver, right? And I think part, a lot of that is because the team, you know, has built around him and you know, they've been willing to like kind of cut the cord on things like and we'll talk a little bit. But they've cut the cord on some players to kind of make it, you know, his team. And I don't feel like the the Knicks front office is as committed to Porzingis as like the, 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 the Nuggets front office is committed to, to Jokic.
1: I agree with you. And so, yeah, that, that does make me more concerned. And also they spent long-term money and that's going to be hard to move. So we'll have to watch that. I think we can move on to the Bucks. The Bucks are probably one of the bigger roller coaster rides in terms of our predictions this year. It was thirty-seven and a half or thirty-eight and a half, and we both went under and played it because we, we thought I think the Middleton injury had already happened, and we just we thought that number was a little bit too rosy. And early on in the season, it looked like we were idiots. Then well, it looked I mean, great. Right now, they're projected thirty-eight point seven. Uh, so.
0: It looks like it's going to be close. I mean, it's going to probably come down to the last game of the season. Um, none, neither of us expected. You know, I'm, I I think I bought the Giannis. I have, like, I have, I've, I've posted my, my draft projection for Giannis. I love Giannis. I think he's a great player. I didn't expect him to blossom into a top-five guy like this early. and He's been kind of amazing. I mean, the issues with that team are still kind of, they, they still don't have all the pieces around that, but it's a really interesting, good young team, right? I think the fact that they locked into Brogdon is kind of. This is the part where we kind of screwed up. We did not expect Malcolm Brogdon, and that's actually been like for for everybody who doesn't know, go watch a Bucks team. The rookie point guard they got, and what what spot did they draft him? In?
1: He was, I think, thirty five. Because I think they had him, and they got drafted him in McCaw, and then sold McCaw to the Warriors.
0: Yeah, that's a that's a really great pick for them because that kid that kid can play, you know. And having yeah. that, and I think right but, now it's, it's, it's a situation where, like, I mean, if they get the play at the playoffs. It's they're going to scare the crap out of somebody if they get, like, the 8th seed. And we'll talk about that a little later. Like, the 8th seed in the East is, is is going to have an interesting first-round series. And I think that uh, having Brockton in, and in, in, in Giannis and, uh, you know... I mean, they have a really good young core. Now, they m- probably need to move some pieces around. But, I mean, I think that that organization is a really, really good spot. And, uh, you know, they they're, they have some passionate fans, too. So, I mean, I, I think that's that's great. And, again, I think... We've got that as wrong right now, but I think we might actually end up being right on this.
1: I actually think they're going to push over it personally, but it's going to be close. So I don't think we need to, to stress about that too much. I think we can move move on to the magic. The magic, I think we were justifiably a little bit high on them with Frank Vogel and because their projection was low. It was 35.5 or 36.5. We both went over but said to fade it because we knew that there was some downside in it. And we- that downside ended up coming to fruition
0: did we do that? Was the pick made before, or after the uh, the Oladipo trade?
1: It was. Uh, the Oladipo trade was on draft night, so it was definitely after that. Because the you know we did this in I think it was in September or August or September. Well, I mean, I think we expected we expected that that team has like some talent. Uh, they have
0: guys who can protect the ring, but for whatever reason, that hasn't happened. I mean, like yeah, y- you think that a team that has Serge Ibaka and, and Bismack Biambo and they can kind of keep people and in, in win kind of ugly but that really hasn't been the case here they also I, don't...
1: I think they i think they also got sabotaged a little bit by their offense like i think that was probably a little bit demoralizing for them that they just couldn't put the ball in and then that made it harder to play good defense they've also looked better since they moved Ibaka and play are basically playing everybody at their natural positions and added terrence ross who can shoot but the, you know that's but it, they're still you know they're they're below what we expected and that's okay it happens who's who's the best player on that team Long-term or right now? Long-term. Probably Aaron Gordon. And he's imperfect, but I think he's talented. Alpha Payton's
0: been really good since the Rocket trade. Like, really, really good. He has.
1: He's been helped a lot by it. Yeah, and I think the problem
0: is... So would you, I mean, I think the, the thing is, it's like have Peyton and then like turn, maybe turn Aaron Gordon back into a four.
1: And get some more shooting, get another guy who can run the offense, you know, like with the draft pick. I I, I don't, the problem with them though, is that I, I, don't, I don't, I think they have a very low probability of like any of their current players turning into a star. And really at this point to get into the, like hosting a playoff seed mix, it's almost impossible to do that now without any of those guys, even though there aren't that many in the East right now.
0: They have to move Biombo or or is this offseason,
1: probably. I mean, th- it's not like either uh, Vuce has a reasonable contract, so it's. It, I don't think they're now that abaka has gone. I don't think there's the issue that they're spending too much money on those guys. But it's definitely redundant in terms of value. I think both those guys actually have an have a decent market. Uh, sure. I mean. Well they, Biombo Biombo was never as loved by most people as as we both liked him. So it might be a little bit harder to move him. but Vooch, he's paid like a backup center, and even if that's the way they think of him, you can get something for him. wouldn't
0: let me ask a question. wouldn't Cleveland kill for Bismarck Biombo right now?
1: They would, but they don't have the financial flexibility to make that work no, I, that, I'm just, that's... I'm just, you know I'm just throwing or, yeah. like you'd think like well, I mean,
0: I don't know I mean you would think that the Celtics might kill for him, but like, you know then and you figure out that like Danny doesn't like Big men, but but yeah, I mean, like I think he has a real value. I think that the problem with Bucevich has always been Bucevich is almost more a guy who's like a who's like a bench piece in right. terms of like yeah, he's the guy you want to bring off the bench to score. What David Lee is doing for the Spurs right now, right? That's that's the role ideally you want for Bucevich, and then you you try to turn him into a starter. And there are some nights where that just doesn't work. And again, I think that's you're right. They don't have that piece. And I thought Aaron Gordon might be that piece, but then they've stuck him into. The wrong position, and that's kind of hurt him. And so like, you don't know what you have with him right now. So I think that, like, you know, this team is s- still three or four years. I mean, they 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 they've never actually gotten to a point where like they've recor- recovered from the Dwight trade, right?
1: Yeah. Also, partially because they traded guys like Tobias Harris too early, so it, it it made it so that it was harder to recover. But yeah, yeah, agree. Want to take a quick moment to tell you about a new sponsor of Real Jam Radio, MyBookie.ag. For many of you, there could be something that. In the very near future in sports, that you are interested in placing some wagers on, and you can do that through mybookie.ag. It is a way to lay down some money and score big on college hoops, and also it's a great option for those of you who are sick and tired of getting the runaround when you're asking for a payout for something like that. You can get it fast without any hassles from mybookie.ag. And it's a very cool time to do that, not only because of the significant events that are going on in, the, in this month of March and the beginning of April as well, but you can also, by using the promo code REALGM when you go to mybookie.ag, you, they will match your first deposit with a 50% bonus. So that means that if you join with $100, they will add $50 to your bankroll that you get to play with, and it's real money that you get to use. So you go to mybookie.ag, Use the promo code RealGM, which not only gives you that 50% bonus with your first deposit, but also tells them that you came from us, and you can play, win, and get paid. So Washington was actually projected to have the sixth worst record in the East. We were split on it: 41 and a half wins or 43 and a half. You picked the under and faded it. I picked the over and faded it. And this is one that I got right. Played. They've been great in the second half of this year.
0: Yeah, I think the, the, the key for this is, like, so I was always a big fan of Bradley Beal coming out of the draft uh, and Otto Porter. I like both those guys. And I think that finally Bradley Beal has been hurt, he- healthy, and he hasn't been healthy uh, for a long time. Uh, career. And so he's healthy. Otto Porter has been incredible. And just I think the difference, and again, let's give credit where credit is due. The difference between a bad coach, which really, Randy Whitman was was the worst non-Byron Scott coach in the NBA last season. And somebody who's competent, I mean, like, Scotty Brooks has flaws, right? We, we, we'll get into them in the playoffs. But, like, he's a good coach. He can get a team playing right. He, the team will play good defense. The team's the rotations will make sense. And you can tell that. see the difference between what they were last season and what they are. I mean, I think that we didn't, we didn't account for that effect on those young players. He's shown that he can develop some of these young guys before, and he's been really good for this team. So I think that, like, you know, I, I this is a team that, like, you know, two years ago, if Wall doesn't get hurt, they make the finals, right? At least in my opinion. So I think that, like, you know, this is a team that's in there, and, and I think it's really interesting, and I'm going to be really interested to see because I think the Eastern playoffs are going to be wide open. So I think Washington's my first team that I think they have a realistic shot of getting to the finals out of the East, right? Where, where, where I'll look at them and go, like, I think that they could make the finals.
1: I still like Cleveland if they're healthy, which of course we still don't know for sure. But they got JR back. But but Washington is in. They're a team that you have to discuss because their starting five is very good. And while they don't have somebody to defend LeBron, they should be able to get buckets on Cleveland, and so they can make it a series at the bare minimum.
0: Basically, I was going to make that point. Like basically, everybody can get buckets on Cleveland. That's kind of the problem. I'm not going to get into a Cleveland thing, but we'll talk about Cleveland in a little bit. And and and. and... There's some real flaws there, so I think that I mean, do you agree with me that Washington could get to the finals?
1: Sure, they could. Yeah, I'm not going to argue that. I think that
0: realistically, out of I mean, I don't think they can win, but I think they can actually get there, uh, and that's 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 kind of that's really good.
1: Yeah, Chicago Bulls less really good. Uh, with the numbers were 38 and 41 and you said the over, I said the under. I think I'm more confident in mine than you are, but it's possible, given the gap, that they could actually do both based on the numbers that you had preseason.
0: Right, yeah, it's 38.5 and, and it was 41.5, and I think it's going to be close to it, I think, right now. So the Bulls have 31, 31. wins. Ah, man, it, it's going to be a little rough. I think that oh, there's what's going to happen. But, I mean, I think we're both like, well, we, we understood that the, the line was right for this team. Jimmy's yeah, been spectacular. Yeah, it was a judgment call. Yeah, I think Jimmy's been spectacular. I think you kind of thought that he might move, right? It's just, again, this team just didn't make a lot of sense because they just they just didn't have enough shooting for it to work. Now, they have a lot of talent, but it, it, it's just one of these things where like the fit is just completely off. How committed do you think that the Bulls are to Butler going forward?
1: I think they're pretty committed to him. I mean, he's pretty clearly their best player. And if Boston didn't put together a good enough offer to make it worth their while now, they will have another opportunity at the draft. But outside of that, it's going to start to get a little bit harder for them. And one of the just structural things that you have to remember with, with free agency is that one of the tactics that Like kind of armchair GMs like to do in terms of off-seasons is, oh, well, Boston can go for the best players, and if they don't get them, then maybe they do a Jimmy Butler trade. But the problem there is, Chicago, part of the appeal for them of doing a Jimmy Butler trade would be clearing the cap space, and they're not going to be as interested in that on July 8th or whatever once the best guys have already committed. Yeah, I, I don't think it's dead. I think
0: it might be one of the same... I think Danny might be thinking the same way when he did get Durant, right? So I think if he doesn't... And I'm not sure which guy he wants more. Maybe he wants both of them, the two guards that are coming down. And I think they—I think his thought, or the C's thought, was they're going to get one of those two guys. Uh, it's baller or Futs, And if they didn't get either one of those, then maybe they can come back and lose the trade at a lower price. I, I do think that there's some noise, and there's been some noise out there that, like, Butler isn't happy with the Bulls organization. So I think that's always – so I, I think in, in the – Back of my mind, I don't think we've heard the last of of, of, of maybe Jimmy Butler that D-
1: We even definitely it, haven't heard the last of it. I mean, I, I don't know whether there's enough smoke there, but there's certainly there's certainly reason for them to be listening and for other people to be talking.
0: Yeah, there's you know, you you get the the, the sniping we hear. It's it's and
1: that organization
0: has had problems with their with their stars
1: before, so I, it,
0: it does kind of feel like to me that like we haven't heard. So I mean, the Bulls are in limbo, and and we you know. And we, I think we both agree that this isn't really a surprise.
1: Agreed. Uh, definitely agreed. And we'll, we'll see what they are moving forward too, because they have the ability, because they don't really have much in the way of bad long-term contracts, to get out of a lot of stuff if they want to. But the question is, what would they do with that flexibility? And assuming they're going to keep the same people in charge, why I believe that they're going to do a better job planning and executing than they have the last few years when they've built teams that didn't really make sense if you have to bet where do you think Dwayne Wade is playing next year I think he's on the Bulls I think he opts in as crazy as that sounds I th- I, I think that it's going to be hard for him he I'm sure his his agent's doing a lot of work right now trying to see what the market is and I'm, I'm guessing he would be very open to going somewhere else but I don't think that the big question for me is will the Bulls have the pe- have the pieces or whatever to potentially make a mellow trade because while I would disagree with that on the merits, that totally sounds like something they would consider.
0: Yeah, I, it feels like yeah they and we know Chicago talks to New York. I, I mean, I, I think that like you know the usual suspects. It's like you know I need to like get on the trade machine and see if there's a way I can get him on the Clippers or something because it's like it's like you could wind up on the Clippers, he could wind up on the Knicks. I don't think the Cavs have like the assets to get him, but like it would be a Cavs moves to do. And so, again, I think that that those two pieces are not necessarily going to be with the with the Bulls. So, so I think the Bulls are going to look way different next year. If I
1: have to bet now, I
0: think their starters are going to be completely different
1: from what they are right now. I hope they look different next year. I think it would be they'd be much better off to do it, but I'm I'm a little bit skeptical. Uh, ready to move on to the Pistons? Yes. I basically I was too high on this. Uh, the the numbers were forty five and a half or forty seven and a half. I just like the Pistons. It was one of those, there will be a second one of these in the Western Conference, where even though I thought the number was high, it was a judgment call, and I just went, oh, I think they're going to go over. You said under, and they're going to go under. They're probably going to be in the, in the low 40s. Yeah, I mean,
0: this is not a bad-looking team when you watch them play. It's the problem, and again, I think that so their best piece is Drummond. Drummond is not as good as Dwight was when he was the same age in terms of like he has some real offensive limitations and then the they don't necessarily have the shooting around him to actually kind of help so i mean I, I don't think like stan doesn't have the team that he wants here right so it's not it's not quite there reggie's not the piece that i think he thought he was so it doesn't quite work they they got boban but they 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 haven't had anything and boban's been okay and very very limited action so it, it it's just not a team that you know I think has a much higher ceiling without getting some more pieces in, right I think they it, it isn't like this is a young team getting better. this is a team that that kind of is missing some pieces. I think they're gonna be around this range unless they do some major shakeups. and I think you know from what we heard, I, I think that like you know I think they were they, I think they were trying to move some pieces. They didn't do anything, but I think it's there again, I, I get what you like I mean it's, it's we like I think we both like Stan I just don't I just didn't see the players on the team to justify going that high. I mean, their number was 40. Their, their, it was 46, and that, that just felt a little too rich for my
1: luck. To me, they're pretty solidly right now on the treadmill of mediocrity. You know, like, they're they're good enough to not get a good draft pick. They're pretty much capped out, and they don't have much in the way of value contracts to, to move too much out of the way, unless they're willing to, to move on from a guy like Stanley Johnson, who I actually think is a nice fit with where they could be going moving forward. So they're not a bad team, but I don't think they're... They have enough there to get much better. They're going to need improvement from Reggie Jackson, who's been pretty awful this year, and Drummond, who's been disappointing. You know, like Those are really their keys to moving up. And they have a couple of young guys, and Stan has done an amazing job as the GM getting players for very little. They're going to need yeah. to do that one or two more times to really deepen their rotation. Yeah, would you rather have Drummond and Reggie Jackson or Goran, Dragic and Whiteside? Moving forward? Yes. I'd rather have Dragic and Whiteside. I believe in I believe in them collectively more. And at this point, like, Drummond is relying on his athleticism, and he hasn't really done much skill development. So I'd, I'm not buying him improving substantially from where he is right now.
0: Yeah, we used to complain a lot. Everybody complained about, like, Dwight not having enough skill. And I think, like, Drummond's, in terms of skill, is the poor man's version of Dwight. He really doesn't have. I mean, Dwight had... Moves around the basket and stuff he could do. Uh, I think Drummond. There's a point where like the raw athleticism just doesn't get you enough, and, and that's you know I, I think he again he's a nice piece if he's the third best guy in the team, but if he's your centerpiece, he 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 no no it, it just won't work right. You he, he, you just you, you're just surrendering too much on one of the ends of the floors, uh, for him to be your best guy.
1: We can move on to the Pacers. Ah. This is a pretty straightforward one. It the numbers were either 44.5 or 46.5. We both said under, you wanted to play it, I didn't. And they're going to fall a little bit below it in all likelihood.
0: Yeah, they're, they're going to be below it. I mean, I think that like they were trying to do something. Uh, I think it relied on... I think if, if if Paul George had been better than he's been this season, then I think maybe I would have been wrong. But, but you know, I mean, whether it's the or not, he, he just hasn't been the same guy. Since he came back, I think Teague has actually been, been pretty good for them. But I mean, but but again, yeah. I mean, it just wasn't enough. I think Turner's you know, is having a sophomore slump, and and so again, I mean, I think this, team, I mean, different than some of the other teams we talk about. I do think this team has pieces, right? So this isn't a piston situation. I do think that the Pacers are not close to their their ceiling. I think they've got they can go higher than this. They can actually get into the forty seven win range with this with this core with some moves, right? So I, I would, th- they're not in a situation like other teams where they need to I think they basically just like write it out and see what they have in Turner and Teague and, and George. I mean, do you agree with me on that?
1: I agree with you in terms of talent. I think though that there's a very real risk that Paul George leaves next summer and they need to, they just need to know. That's an information issue, not a player evaluation issue. They just need to know if we offer him the maximum we can, will he stay? See, the,
0: pro- the, the problem is... I wouldn't pay Paul George the I they would have let to. him I, I mean, would let I to. would let I would I would either move it or let him go to LA. He's he's not that he hasn't been that guy. He hasn't been that. If you're not inspired. like
1: I I think that you could be right for certain teams, but the Pacers, it's not like their cap space is super valuable anyway. You know, they're not, they're not the guys that they usually get through free agency are overpaid. I think that they've partially because they were so good earlier in this decade, they relied a lot more on free agency than the draft. And I think the draft would have been a decent thing for them to do, but we'll have to see. I mean, I I think that they're in a complicated spot with him, but if they're, if they're not comfortable paying him the max, they should have traded him at this deadline. They shouldn't have been waited.
0: I think they they the, the we both know the rumored uh, there was a rumored crazy Pacers Celtics trade where I think the the Pacers were treating Paul George like he was like uh, you know a top ten player in the league and he's not a top ten player in the league anymore and like the, the 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 asking price they were asking for you know if you think he's going to leave right then that asking price you know is is a bit silly you you can't you know. I think that they need to really think about moving into this offseason, right? They they need to think about it long and hard because, as you're mentioning, it's like he's an L.A. guy. There's a very real chance that he's going to wind up in L.A. And then, you know, guys go home. And, you know, if that's the case, then maybe you need to kind of, you know, cut bait and look for some assets, right? Maybe look for some guys you can actually get in the door. Like, again, there's, like also,
1: their- there's also a big problem with them now with George by waiting as long as they did that if that's how they evaluate the circumstance that basically any team other than the Lakers who you could make an argument shouldn't even trade for him because they can just feel they can sign him would ha- would value him more as a rental than as a long term asset. This is not Jimmy Butler with a couple more years on his contract. Any team like the Celtics unless they have like a wink wink nudge nudge understanding that he's going to come back they're going to pay the at least close to the rental price. They're not going to pay the, we're going to have this guy on our team forever. And that cost for a guy like Paul George is substantially lower. Yeah, I think
0: that we, the, if I remember the rumor correctly, they, the Pacers were asking for a full uh, first round draft pick more than like, the asking price was for Jimmy Butler. And that's insane because I actually think I would rather have Jimmy Butler than, than Paul George. And, but yeah,
1: and, I would have to have him right now, and his contract is substantially better. It's, it's
0: a better contract. I think he's a better player. He's much more likely to stay. So if you if you're if you if you're not the Lakers, right, you definitely want Jimmy uh, Butler more than Paul George. But even in that situation, you I think Jimmy with some other players. So I think that again, I think the Pacers should have made a move probably now, and the price is only going to go down on him, right? And, and and I get that. Like sometimes you don't like to do these things in certain organizations. But on a small market team like the Pacers in this situation, then it kind of, if you could have gotten like, you know, three or four or five assets, that would have reset the clock on your fan base. And again, I think it would have gotten you some guys to complement the what's a decent roster, right? And I think that's, you know, you, I don't, th- again, I don't think they're, you don't pay Paul George the max unless you got, again, he's a guy who's probably the third best guy on a championship team. Would you agree with that?
1: I think he could be second.
0: Yeah, I mean, if he if, if he goes back to what he used to be, but he hasn't been... I mean, he's still a good player. He just hasn't been that guy, right? I, I mean, I, I don't think that at the top level he would be that high. And I think that's kind of the problem, the, the situation where the Pacers are. I think that's enough of the Pacers. I think let's, let's yeah. talk a little bit about that.
1: So the Hawks, the number for them was 43.5 or 44.5. We both, big Budenholzer fans, we both faded the over. And it's going to get close, but I think they're going to end up a little bit under.
0: Yeah, we didn't expect them to do some of the trades that they did, and they were actually gotten into a selling mode. Uh, it was interesting because they've looked really good at certain points in the season. And again, this is one of those teams, with the way the season's played out, I think if they'd actually been a little more aggressive in terms of getting some talent, because Dwight's been great, right? If, if maybe they get, and surprisingly, Tim Partley Jr.'s been good, too. Um, if they get some more talent in, uh, like if they get one more piece in, again, this is another team that's been on the birds that could have like made a charge and maybe credibly challenged to get to the finals. I, I don't think they're that team now. Uh, I think they're a good team. I think they're going to be close. We said to like it's it's forty three and a half, but we were both kind of we both kind of thought they might kind of blow it up, but they they ended up doing something where where they kind of talked about it but didn't do it.
1: Right. So th- what we just said about Paul George mm-hmm. is. I would say almost doubly applicable to Paul Millsap, and it was this year as opposed to next year for the for the Pacers because if they're not willing to pay him his full maximum, they, they just ran into this issue with Al Horford. Then you should trade him because somebody else is going to pay him his at least his four year max. No, no questions asked. Like that that is on the table right now. I'm sure his agent knows of a team that's willing to do it. I don't so, think Paul. I don't think Paul Millsap is on the on the Hawks next year. No, I don't either. And if, if that's the way it is, then you should trade him because the upside of keeping him for this year is relatively low. They could have gotten something nice. Not, you know, you're not going to get a, a world changing offer for uh, a pending free agent, but uh, like, just like the whole issue with Paul George, except Millsap doesn't have his rep and is a little bit older, but it's such a strange combination of decisions because I think the Hawks have a pretty good idea of where they are, but they just went, eh, we're good with it. And it's very different for me with Millsap than with Horford, because with Horford, he was a Hawks lifer. He had, you know, he'd gotten paid, I believe his maximum for every single one of his contracts. He seemed really happy there. Millsap, I haven't heard any complaining from him, but you know, he's been quote unquote underpaid for his last couple contracts because Danny Ferry did an amazing job they would be wise in many ways to not overpay for him considering they're going to be an older team they're not going to get better than they are right now unless hawks university works out really well so like like the combination of stuff they did just doesn't make sense to me because you can go one of two directions and i think both would have been totally defensible but they did neither
0: but who was who was a trade partner i mean who was going to take who was going to take paul milsack
1: depending on what they wanted back i think minnesota would have been really interested uh, see the problem with him is that it would have. Well, I mean, Toronto should have been, but I, from what I've heard, it seems like they pulled. They they pulled back. Like they could have gotten at least a late first, but I think they could have probably pushed for a mid first or a late first and an an asset of some value, like a Terrence Ross type guy. You know, like I, I think, think they could. They could have I, done I, that.
0: I think the likely, yeah, the likely suspects: Boston, Toronto, and you said Minnesota. And I think you know, I think they probably asked for too much, back. I think yeah. Probably well, I'm Minnesota, probably, Minnesota probably asked said Rubio and something else, right? And they probably wanted Rubio and a pick or something. And then like probably for Boston, it's like you give me an Nets pick in the Boston. The are like, no, we can just wait it out, and maybe he signs with us in, in the offseason. again. I wouldn't be I wouldn't be surprised if Paul Millsap is a guy who winds up in Boston next year. He, he seems to fit the pattern, and maybe that's kind of what they thought. And I think the uh, you know again it's it, again probably the asking price was too high. And although, for some reason, I, I, I have this vision in my head of, of Paul Millsap in a Knicks uniform. Right. I, I, I don't know why.
1: I don't think it's going to happen. You, they have too much money. But, no, but Rose is coming off the cap. Yeah, but they need a point guard. I I don't I, I understand the logic of it. It's I understand where you're going with it, just in terms of they might have enough money to pay him. First of all, they have way too much money tied up in big men that they can't move. And second of all, if they do that, then their point guard situation, unless they draft a point guard, they think they can start day one. Which doesn't sound like Phil Jackson to me,
0: right? Or they they basically go to the well. He doesn't like the the triangle doesn't really value point guards that much. So I think he might go cheap as well. It's it's oh they, well. I guess
1: they would have more space if they were theoretically able to trade Melo for space. Then then maybe they could do Millsap and a point guard. But it would be dicey. Like that would be because they, unless they made that move on draft night it would yeah, be hard the problem to do. the problem
0: is like the most logical candidate the most logical bride for a mellow trade is is really the clippers right it's really contract wise it's the clippers more than the bulls really it's like it, it, if that happens then it's it's are we getting Blake and is that kind of kill any millsap so i think that yeah
1: well no they can't get Blake because Blake is going to be a free agent so unless they do a sign and and the clippers can't Well, I guess theoretically they could do a sign-in trade, but that would get really complicated. And the way that I think it would happen is they'd be trading some of their salary filler, you know, Austin Rivers and or Jamal Crawford and things like that, and then maybe an asset or two. But I don't think that's enough to get it done if you're the Knicks because you're not getting cap relief.
0: Right. And again, this actually doesn't – I mean, some of the free agents – I mean, if you think Millsap and and Griffin are going to be available – then that explains some of the moves where like, the teams that needed uh, big men kind of went like, eh, we can kind of wait until the summer and get one of these guys. Maybe.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think that was a part of it.
0: Even though, I, I mean, I do think that like, as it became more obvious that like the title might be up for grabs, that may have been a wrong move. I think we'll talk about it a little more. I think, interesting enough, so if you have to pick, what do you think uh, Paul is going to wind up next year?
1: I think this is going to surprise a lot of people, but Denver, I think uh, he's going to go. I, he, I, I didn't know this until I was actually recording a real jam radio with Cale Chouinard, who writes for writes for the Hawks, that he actually spent a lot of his time growing up in Denver. So that's a city where he's comfortable. He's played in that part of the country before because he started on the jazz. And I could see that working out well for him. And I think they're going to offer him a boatload of money.
0: No, no, no nets. No, the nets don't. Ha- the nets don't have capital for him, do they?
1: Yeah, they do. The, kid, the nets have cap room for anybody, but I, I don't see him doing that because he knows he knows this is his like last shot, and the nets are hopeless for the next couple of years. Like yeah, they I, might be good, they might be good three years from now, but he'll he'll be not as good then. if if that
0: happens, then I, then look for Fareed to get moved if that happens.
1: Absolutely, and, and I think and again I, I've
0: said this, Fareed is a really interesting piece if you get him on a good team. And, and on the right team, he's like a really really good asset because he's the guy who like does stuff as long as you don't have him be your primary rim protector. He's, he's,
1: if he's your if he's your fourth big, that's fine, and he's actually getting closer to being paid like a fourth big.
0: I think I think he's fine. I think he's fine if he's your second big playing next to a good rim protector. I think. If you, I, th-
1: I think you don't have enough four spacing personally. Eh, I mean, I think if you're
0: if you're playing next to somebody like, I mean, it has to be a good center. But like, if you're, I agree with you. I mean, like he he can he can be David Lee, right? I, I think that's. Well, no, actually, that, David Lee's a better offensive player. So no, I think you probably like third third or fourth big would be really interesting for him. OK, let's let's now we're starting to get into the really interesting, uh, I- interesting uh, teams. Boston.
1: Yeah. OK, Boston Celtics, your team, uh, the lines were 50 and a, half, and a half, So there was not much in it. We were split and we were split for a good reason. Uh, you said fade the under. I said fade the over because that was a very good line. And it looks like they're going to be very, very close to it.
0: It looks like right now we both win because it looks like the projections at 50. Are actually like it's it's right in the middle, so it looks like it's close to fifty-one. 51. Yeah, yeah, and that would mean that we both we both hit because I bet the under on fifty-one and a half. You bet the over on fifty and a half. And I think and I meant to note that I like the twenty-five to one to win the title better than that. And and again, I, I I thought that the Celtics at some point in the season were going to make a trade with some of their assets to get another star in the building. They didn't do that. They kind of passed, Uh, so that explains why I had them at twenty-five to one to win the title. This is a really interesting team because I've said this: they are built to play a team like the Warriors, right? They have a ton of guys who can cover on the wing, and they can they can. If the, the way to beat them is sides. right? So if you can play a team like the Warriors that have issues with size and rebounding, that's great. If you get into against a team that can rebound you to death, like the Spurs, they're going to run you out of the. Building right, so it's 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 a really interesting kind of uh, dynamic. I think again, I think they maybe have like a twenty percent chance to get to the finals this year. So this is the second team I think out of out of the Wizards and them. But again, my worry is it's kind of dependent on the path that they get, and they could actually get knocked out in the first round. And get if if they get the wrong team in the first round, they can get knocked out.
1: I'd have it closer to 15 because I, I think they would have trouble in a seven-game series, a lot of trouble with Cleveland. Like There are easy, easy structural things to say about why that would be a problem, Cleveland, but I Cleveland, also think Washington could be a problem for them.
0: But they might not see Cleveland, right? We'll, we'll talk about that in a minute, but they might not see Cleveland depending on who Cleveland gets in the first round.
1: Right, I think that's. that's... I, I think I think Cleveland's making it at least to the conference finals. N- no real problems. I
0: think there's a certain team in South Beach that might have an issue with that, but let's. No,
1: Miami's yeah. not that good. Miami's Miami's playing hard. Spo's a great coach. They don't have the talent to touch yeah, it. I you mean... know, you and I both know that talent and experience wins out in the playoffs.
0: Right. I mean, we can, we can we can we can cover that. I don't I don't want to get into that. And in but I'll cover. It. We'll talk a little bit about when we get to Miami. I think the trick with Boston is okay. So they they've got they've got Isaiah, right? And Isaiah is really good on one side of the ball and really bad on the other. And the problem is for them that because they don't have the size behind them, that kind of makes him a little dangerous as an asset going forward, right? against Right,
1: the, like, and that, and that's also why they would have trouble with Washington, because they don't have a hiding place.
0: Right. They, 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 yeah, you, 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 there's too much on the wing, and you probably have to get them out of the game. And again, here's the thing. They, they have that pick. They're going to get some talent in the, ball, uh, in the building. I really like Lonzo Ball. I really like Futz. I think they're both great players. I think they a great fit. I do wish they'd actually gotten one of the big men. Like, this is a team that would have been perfect to get, like, Givaka or get Noels or get Boogie, and they were all available cheap to bring on the team. And, again, all those two players have, have different issues, but on a team like the Celtics that doesn't have, like, a real, like, league average center. And, again, Al Horford plays center, but this is a Celtics tradition. We're playing a guy who really is a a four, right, or, or, or is closer to a four at the five, and he suffers for that, right? And I think that, like, if you could have gotten somebody to help him and, like, put next to him. Like, I mean, the the they're better when they play Amir, right, Who's their who's their nominally their starting center, but Amir can't really go the entire game, right? So it, it, it's a weird spot where like they really needed one more big guy, they didn't get it, and I think that's going to limit their ceiling. They they have a lot of potential, right? Uh, you know they you know this team has Terry Rozier on the bench, so I mean come on. Sorry, I'm a little salty about that. They really and again this is my problem with the Celtics' construction is talk about Terry Rozier. So what are the odds that Terry Rozier is ever going to start with the Celtics?
1: Oh, extremely low. Because but I don't going, mind. I don't mind him as a backup, though.
0: That's fine. But if you're if you're if you're saying, look, I cannot include Terry Rozier in the trade for Serge Ibaka, when I look, I don't have a guy like Serge Ibaka that can like you know give me like rim protection at the four and kind of improve my situation and let me play Isaiah more than I can do. And if I don't have that guy, then why am I cared about a guy who's probably like the fourth best guard on the on the team? And I'm going to draft the guard next season, right? So like, yeah, he's- that's
1: that's a that's a big part of the point. And also like, theoretically, yeah, Serge Ibaka is is one option. They also could have gotten Taj Gibson, and Taj Gibson would have been would have been a, a great rental fit. And they have enough assets like. I am totally f- supportive of teams being judicious, even if they have a ton of assets. Like, I was very critical of what the Nuggets did, giving up a first in that trade, even though they have a boatload of them, because you don't want to give them up without a good reason. But getting Taj Gibson would have given them a fighting chance in the conference finals to me, and that would have been worth it.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, there's there's like a 40% chance that you're going to have to cut Terry at some point.
1: Right? Yeah, they're not going to have was- to cut him, but you might, you might just not give him a second contract. Yeah. It- you
0: draft Lonzo Ball, and you keep Isaiah, and you keep, and you have Abreu Bradley, Marcus Smart. Like, you're running out of roster spots for a little bit. Like, you, you can't have that many guards on the team. Like, if he's your fifth guard, like, you're not going to pay him as your fifth guard, so you may need to cut... They've cut, they've cut guys like him before. And again, this is... I'm not judging I, Terry Rozier as a player. He's a fine player, right? He could probably catch on another team. It's just, again, the way that this roster is constructed, it's like building a fantasy team and, like, all drafting all wide receivers. There's a point where you have to say, look, I... As much as I like these guys, I have to cut bait and get some big men. Because again, the fourth, fifth, or sixth best guy at a position isn't getting on the floor, right? And, and, and it's a disposable asset. It's like you can, and again, the problem is it's also disposable, and then your peak value is hit because other teams know that eventually you're going to get, you, you don't have any, any, any playing time for them.
1: Quick question for you. We, sh- we should move on, but I just want to ask you what you've thought of Jalen Brown so far. Harrison Barnes, part two. I think he's way better with the ball in his hands. I, I, I think Jalen I think there's more to it. I could see him being the third or fourth best player on a really good team.
0: You remember you remember Harrison Barnes as a rookie, right? Of course. I covered like Harris Harrison was actually yeah, Harrison was actually pretty darn good and he was actually uh, He
1: never had a handle. He he never had a handle. He was good at other things, but he never had a handle.
0: I think Brown has potential. He's actually been better recently. Better leaning towards good. Uh and, and again I think I'm hopeful that he's going to be a starter on this team. Right, Uh, I am too, and I said Harrison. Well, I think
1: what they would love, what they would, what they would love for him would be if they have enough talent to make him a super sub, to make him a twenty-four to twenty-eight minute a game sixth man, would be great. But most teams won't have that kind of flexibility.
0: Yeah, but I mean, like the 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 problem again lies in the fact that you've already got like you've got Dick Dick Crowder, so you've got Crowder and Brown, right? And you are not going to play, you are not going to play at least not yet. You are not going to play Brown over Crowder, and I don't know necessarily. There's ever going to be a point where like you would play one over the other and I'm not going to play them both at the same time. Right? So yeah, you're right. He's 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 the guy who can be the the sixth man right now. Now, he might again, young rookie, good uh, good stuff for developing. He might get to a point where like he's a really good and impossible star. Right now he's a guy, I said Harrison Barnes and actually, you know, Harrison Barnes has actually turned out to be a decent starter. He's having
1: a very nice year for Dallas.
0: Right, and he was he was on he was a starter or like yeah, he was on a 73 win team. He's he's, he's decent. He's not a max guy, but he's a guy who's like who can start on your team and you know make you can make starter money, right? Uh, again, there's potential there. He has skills, but I need to see more. What do you think of him?
1: I like him. I I don't I don't love him as like the go-to player on either end of the floor, but there are guys that provide substantial value outside of that. And I think that he can do a lot of different things. Well, I believe in him as being a capable defender moving forward. I like him with the ball in his hands. I think he makes good decisions. He's going to have to be coached up. He's going to have to improve his jump shot, but I could absolutely see him as a starter on a good team. Whether Boston is the right fit for him is an open question, but with a guy as young as he is, you don't think about that now.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, again, I, I think there's a guy. I mean, like, whereas you know, I mentioned Terry Rozier, we don't have minutes for him. You know, Jalen Brown, we definitely have minutes for him, and He's a guy who's going to CPT, so he's going to have a chance to develop. So, no, I, I mean, I'm, I'm good with that pick. I think of the guys who were picked in that draft, I mean, is he the best? You know, Brockton's probably the best pick in the draft, but, like, of the top five, is he the
1: best guy? Well, Jamal Murray went sixth, didn't he? Yeah. I like I like Jamal Murray over Jalen, but, but I think, th- to me, those are th- – yeah, so, so he went six. So I'm saying, like, right. out of the top five,
0: we know that Jalen Brown is a guy who can. We know Jalen Brown. We think Jalen Brown is going to be starting on a team or
1: getting. Well, I, I, I still to, have, I still have Simmons over him, but we don't know that based on evidence. That's just me, my belief on him from college. We don't know. We don't know that Simmons. We know that Jalen Brown is a guy
0: who's probably going to be having 20, 20 minutes a night in five years. That's true. At least, right? So I think that, like, by that point, that's that's a good pick. He's he might be more. He might be a guy who's getting. He's a guy who could be a foundational. Could he be the third best guy on the championship team? I think he could be.
1: Hmm. Yeah, maybe. But before Arturo and I get to the Charlotte Hornets, want to tell you about a great way, my personal go-to, to buy and sell tickets to events of any of these NBA teams or any number of other events. Sports, other sports, of course. Concerts, theater, whatever you're really into. SeatGeek is an amazing way to do that. And There are a lot of different reasons that I personally use it, but the biggest one is probably that they are such a great aggregator of other sites. For those of you who use resources like Kayak, which I use to buy most of my plane flights, you know that having an aggregator is a great thing because you don't have to worry about looking in different places for the same thing, for, for tickets, and especially with tickets, it's great because all tickets are different. So if you go to one place, then it pulls everything together, then you don't have to worry about a different... Thing being listed for a different price or anything like that. It's all through SeatGeek. And also they have the amazing deal score, which is trying to combine seat quality with seat price. So they're trying to really hone down your list and try to save you time. So you search one place and gives you better tools to search that place and do a better job. And another reason why I'm always excited about SeatGeek, beyond the fact that I use it and personally enjoy it, is that if you use the promo code REALGM, so you download the free Geek app, S-E-A-T-G-E-E-K, and you use the promo code REALGM, you get $20 as a rebate on your first purchase. So it's pretty easy. You input the code, and then when you buy your first thing on SeatGeek, they just send you $20 back. It's pretty awesome. So you get to go to the same event that you were going to go to before. If it's a sport sports game, you know, NCAA tournament's coming up. You have so many other elements, basketball playoffs, and it can be something deep in the future. It can be something that night. You can use that. And not only do you tell them that you came from Real Jam Radio, which is massive for me. It helps them stay on the show but also you get $20 back yourself. So it's a riskless transaction that way. And I hope that you will enjoy it as much as I do. I've used it for years now and I really do enjoy it. So again, it's Geek, and the promo code is RealGM. We should, we should move on though. To the Hornets, we've talked about Celtics a lot. Uh, we were both high on them. The numbers were 40 and a half or 42 and a half. We both said to play the over for the first, about half of the season that looked great, then Cody Zeller got hurt, and they realized they had no other centers that could actually play basketball, and they fell off, and they're going to fall under it.
0: Yeah, that's that, that's a broad that's a problem. Like sometimes you can't predict injury because Zeller was actually really good, and like losing him kind of.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, and a great example of why, you know, it's Zeller was good, and we want to give him credit for that. The reason he was indispensable, though, was because they didn't have any capable backups, because they had Hibbert, Haas, and then eventually, and then they traded for Miles Plumley. But it's like, those guys are not the answer to that question. And there are a couple different theories of backups, and it's not like they were throwing a ton of money into or, and and Hibbert, but one of the theories of backups is somebody who can... Step into a larger role if the starter gets hurt, and those guys were never capable of that.
0: Yeah, I think we'll, we'll talk a little bit more about this particular issue when we talk about, say, the Spurs, who, who had some engineers and and that's kind of the opposite case. Where like you, you're losing a guy, but there's like three guys behind him who can kind of you know do a reasonable facsimile of the job, right? So I think that's you know sometimes if the injury bucks happen if it's in the wrong place. They kind of it's interesting because they they were if you remember they were this team was pretty banged up last year. And if you look at it, they've been healthier like, on a percentage basis than last year. But as you're saying, they lost the wrong guy. And by losing that kind of threw them into a position where they don't have, uh, they got to catch up. I, I think I mean, I mean, think this is a well-coached team. They have some skills, and some talent. I think this team will be okay next year. I just think this is one of those seasons that's just, you know, you, you can't do anything about it.
1: I think there are a lot of parallels to the Pistons and that they're a, a fringy playoff team, you know, up to, like, the sixth seed or so if they're healthy. And if they're unhealthy, they can miss the playoffs. Whether that is good enough for their fans and for their ownership or not is an open question, but that's what they are.
0: I mean, I think I think staying in that range for them is good I and mean, then just kind of trying to see if they can get another piece in. I think that's kind of... And again, it's weird that, like, they've missed... Uh, they've, missed they've missed Lynn a lot, right? Yeah. Lynn gave them, gave them something because it made him kind of I remember watching last year they basically there was always somebody on the floor that could do stuff and, and that's not necessarily the case this year right lins right. a great uh, second I, piece. I don't
1: think It was a it was a wonderful role for him. I mean, he made the right decision to go to Brooklyn and and that opportunity, but it really did hurt the net, uh, hurt the, it it didn't hurt the Nets. He got hurt for the Nets, but it hurt the Hornets to be without him and not be able to replace him because they had to get, you know, they lost Lee and they lost Lynn and they replaced them with Ramon Sessions and then Marco Bellinelli and that combination. Bellinelli hasn't been terrible, but that combination hasn't nearly lived up to what was left behind.
0: Balaban is all, is getting up there right now. I mean, like you, you, eventually have some of these guys who like kind of, uh, you know, age is going to catch up with them, and and, oh, yeah. and 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 you know, eventually you just can't play at the NBA level anymore, and that it just it's just that's going to happen. You know, it's, I, I think it's not. I think we can kind of move on with it. Now yeah. it's starting start to get interesting here. With yeah, the,
1: another another roller coaster team, the Miami Heat. The numbers were was thirty five and a half, thirty six and a half. So pretty much in line. You went over, but faded it. I went under and faded it. It looked like I was spot on for the first, I don't know, twenty five games of the year, and then they just haven't lost a game since, basically. And so now they're going to go, they're going to go over that number pretty comfortably. And yeah. it's been a wonderful run for them.
0: Yeah, I think part of it is is is, is I was kind of counting on the fact that like uh, the Goron uh, white side pick and roll kind of works, and it worked a lot. Well, long.
1: and Spo is an amazing coach.
0: Bo's an amazing coach, uh, and it worked particularly when like Way was out, just because it, it, it cleared up some space. I, and I think they've done a really, really good job of like turning these guys. Bo's actually, you know, guys like, uh, um, you know, obviously Dion Waiters, who who actually is a Dion Waiters is an actual decent basketball player now, right? He, he is a serviceable basketball player who does things. Wayne Ellington has actually been good. Tyler Johnson's been good. Rodney Gruber's been okay. Uh, James Johnson, who I've always loved, uh, has been good you know and, and even their uh, their uh, much prized rookie from last year is out, but even then they're, they're still kind of i and I would say I was looking at the odds for them to make the finals earlier in the day. they're at 100 to one uh, to make the I know it's uh, 100 to one to make the finals out of the East in one of the betting sites up over in Europe, and I thought that was a ridiculous number again, I think that the issue to, is like, to
1: make the finals or to win the finals to make the finals.
0: Okay, yeah. No, to win, no, no. The, to win would be a different story. But, but here's the thing. Like, so right now, I think they're probably very likely the eight seed, right? Something. I, thi- I think pre- they're
1: going to get the seven.
0: Yeah, if they're the eight seed and they're getting, so they they've been really good against Cleveland and Washington this year. They're they're two on one versus Cleveland and two zero oh versus Washington. And actually, they they played them early some of some of these games. So they're actually they match up really well against the teams that they would see in the first round, possibly. If they're the eighth seed and you're getting Cleveland, right? And this is a betting thing. So if it's Cleveland, Miami in the first round, I would say every game pick Miami in the points. That doesn't mean I think they're going to win. I think you take Miami in the points, and I actually think that series is going to be kind of, and we'll talk about Cleveland's issues in a bit, but, like, here's the thing. I, I think that, like, Miami has better size than Cleveland. They have better, like, like, overall depth. They don't have better players, but they have better overall depth, and they're better coached. Uh, so the the thing is, you know, it's in essence going to be down to LeBron, and I think this 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 Cleveland team reminds me a lot of the of the kind of '87 Celtics and kind of the '2010 Celtics as well. Where like this is a team that's like you know this is I believe this would be their third run. And I think uh, LeBron's made it to what is it seven finals in a row?
1: Well, it has to be that this would be seven because he it, it was four. He was only in in Miami for four years, and then this yeah, is, is, is his third year.
0: If if you take a LeBron off this Cleveland team, they don't make the playoffs.
1: Which is incredible because they have a lot of other talent, but they just can't do it without him. But they don't have a lot of other talent. It's him, It's a very top-heavy team.
0: It's him, Kyrie, and, and Love. Kyrie is basically captain and down. We'll talk about Cleveland in a little bit, but they, they have real flaws, and we think we talk about it in the pre, in the preseason. And I think like again, I think I'm really intrigued because I think that they're going to. Like, Cleveland, like, LeBron's going to have to be otherworldly to get the team to the finals this year. And I think it starts where, I think, like, if it's a Miami-Cleveland series, I think the damn thing goes seven. Because I think that it's a terrible matchup for Cleveland. And they just, they're just, they're just not playing well. They need love, and they're not going to have them the first round. So I think that the Heat are going to have a, I think the Heat are going to be getting the playoffs, and it's going to be really interesting. You know they they have a puncher's chance in the first round, in my opinion. Whether it's Cleveland or whether it's Washington, right? And if they get past the first round, then it's like really white. Like I think if they get past the team they get in the first round, there isn't a team in the next rounds that they don't they, they don't have a chance against, right? Well, and, we'll and have the, to see.
1: I, I think that generally speaking, like especially there that the fact that they would be below most of their opponents, damn near all of their opponents, in terms of both top end talent and overall talent i think that's too much of a margin to make up in multiple rounds just personally i understand where you're going with it and i love the heat i think it's one of the best stories in the league but i think that the seven game series portion of this will be a lot harder for them than like if it was an ncaa tournament format where i could see them making a big run
0: yeah i think that the, the, and for me it, it's just they're playing they've got the best differential since the all-star break by far and I think that well, good team, well coached, uh, good size, uh, good skill at the, at, at, at the wings position, and everybody in the East is kind of flawed or hurt or just in bad shape. So I, I do think it's one of these years. To me, it feels like something crazy is going to happen. And I, I, as I said, hundred to one to me is really interesting for the Heat. It was, it was like you know sixty or actually it was like something like twenty to one. I wouldn't think about it, but I think right now, keep an eye on that team. They might, as you say, they might, they might end up with the. So, do you think they're going to end up with the six seed or seven seed?
1: 7 probably. I mean they they have an outside shot. They could basically get wherever because it's very it's very fluid like after the so the Hawks are the Hawks are 37 and 29. So they're pretty clear. They're 5 games clear of of the Heat. I don't think they're going to make up that margin, but the Pacers are close. Like they're close enough that if the Heat are better over the rest of the season that they could jump them. So they could get to the 6th Basically six, seven, eight, nine, or ten. I think yeah. those are really the options that are open.
0: They're they're two behind the loss column on Indiana, so I think that probably six or seven. I do think they're the best of that bunch, right? They're clearly the best. Like right now, between Indiana, Detroit, Milwaukee, and Miami. Yeah, I
1: they're they're playing the best, and and I think that I don't know their I don't know their schedule relative to everybody else's, but intuitively it would probably be relatively mm-hmm. even. So if they if the schedule was even, then I would say that yeah, I, I, that's why I think they're going to get the seven. Because I think the Pacers having a two-game lead right now or a game and a half, that might be a little bit too much to make up if they're okay. But it could I think be. I
0: think they have something like a 5% chance to win the finals, if I, if I have to guess. It's Just because the weird, the East is so screwed up right now. Right? And, and, and I think they're so well coached that I think that's why I think that. Right? And, I, and, I, and this might sound crazy, but this is just the way they've been playing. And they keep knocking guys. They keep knocking other teams out. And, and, and I think that's something to be considered.
1: Well, and again, and we, move, also we move on. Well, we can move on to the team they just beat tonight, as we're recording this on Sunday, or Saturday. The Toronto Raptors. The, the line for them was fifty and a half, or fifty-one and a half, depending on which way you wanted to go with it. I, th- I think we both felt that was a really fair line for them. So you went under. I went over. Kyle Lowry's injury swung this. They're going to go under by a little bit.
0: Yeah, I think that the, the, that fifty-one number was to me the cap for this team. I think that's that's where they go. I mean, like, you know, Masai made a trade. I think I liked, I liked the Ibaka fit. They're not healthy, but they have had a lot of health luck like the last few seasons, so they were due for an injury. I mean, I, I think this is a good team. I, uh, I think that... When is Lowry back? Right around the end of the regular season. So, full health. Can this team make the finals?
1: Yes. I think they can defend. Like, that, that's been one of the more surprising parts about this last couple weeks. I think that they have... Basically, they would have to figure it out so fast offensively, and Casey's going to have to get their rotations right. But I think they would have a shot. Like I don't what think they would be favorites him? or anything like that. But we, I, I think that they now have the versatility to work.
0: We, we th- we've seen Serge Ibaka swing a series before. Like if Serge Ibaka is is healthy and playing good rim defense, right? Let, let's say that's the case, then really. I think they have a real advantage over the other teams because they can shut them down on defense, which is an advantage and they can, there isn't anybody in the East that can really, if they're healthy, stop them offensively.
1: Well, and we've seen, we've seen Dwayne Casey already do what he was supposed to do and have Valanchunas off the four in the fourth quarter. Like I, if, if we were just talking about this at the deadline and said, oh, well, they got Serge Ibaka, he's a big help, I would have said, well, it'll be a big help if Dwayne Casey plays him at center in crunch time. We've already seen that. That part of this question is already resolved. So then it's, can they figure out all the other pieces in the rotation? Will they use DeRozan correctly? Will they get the right matchups? But I also think that, personally, the Hawks are a, a very favorable matchup for the Raptors just because they don't have a reliable enough offense. And I think Cleveland is a very unfavorable matchup. But at the same point, you know, if if that's really what it is, is like those teams, as much as I like the Cavs at full strength, the Cavs, Celtics, and Wizards are good for what they are, but they're not really this high-ceiling type of team that always gives the Raptors trouble.
0: Yeah, I think, as I said, I think the, the thing with the Raptors is the Raptors are, if Ivaka is, is playing center and when protecting, he can basically make this team the best defense in the East. Right. And if that's the case, then with the pieces they have to score, then yeah. And they also made, you know, they made the conference finals last year. I think that, like, this is a. Do we think this is a better team than the team last If they're healthy, is this a better team than the team last year?
1: If they can figure out how Lowry fits in, which I think they can, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I think this is a better team than. I think the, the Raptors team,
0: healthy, right, with Lowry, is better than the team that actually made the conference finals this year, last year. And I think they're. They obviously went through that, and they—I don't think they're going to get the gyps like they did last year. And I think the the Cavaliers are clearly worse, right? So and so I do think that the Raptors have a real—I think their number is really high comparatively. Again, depending on how Lowry is, but I think the Raptors, you know, Toronto, be excited. I think this team actually, this this team has a real chance of like of making the finals. I,
1: I will pour a little cold water on it this way, which is. A wrist surgery on your shooting hand is exactly the type of injury that might not, not might not heal very well, and that he might still be shaky the rest of this year. And Kyle Lowry is mandatory for them to make a real run.
0: Yeah, they're gonna they're gonna get the 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 trick on this is so uh, they're not gonna get the three seed. So they're gonna get the they're gonna get Cleveland. In round two, assuming, you know, we, we talked a little bit about Cleveland, so I think like a lot of people in Toronto are going to be big, if, if it's the Heat, they're going to be, a, be a big Heat fan. It should be interesting the Raptors and the Heat kind of working together. But I, I do think that it's it's interesting. I, I do think they get a break on the first round matchup so that they have some time to work Lowry back. As I said, if Lowry is Lowry, then this team is better than the team that went to the conference final last year. Right. And, and uh, so it's a really interesting kind of equation i'm really i think the eastern conference playoffs are actually going to be really good this year
1: so do i i think they're going to be a lot of fun because the teams are balanced i one of the elements that you look for for a good playoffs is teams that are the teams that are pretty even and teams that even as it thins out so like for example so i think there are a, a series of first round matchups that could be fun and then assuming that the better teams win eventually like maybe it's close 6-7 game series then the teams that are left I think will also produce good series. So like Wizards Celtics would be a really fun second round series. Raptors Cavs would be a great second round series and then the winners of those series would have a good conference finals as well.
0: Yeah, I'm really hoping Miami and the Bucs both make it. I really Yeah, think that's,
1: we... I I wrote that on Twitter today. I said that yeah. I, with are there are there, other than the fans of the teams that would be miss out on the playoffs and the teams that theoretically would face them? Are there really other people that don't want to see the Bucks in the heat in the in there? I don't know, you there are probably arguments about which one you'd rather have seven, which one you'd rather have eight, but either way I think that'd be so much fun.
0: I really want Cavs heat and I really want Bucks whiz. And I would be as a Celtics fan I'd really want the pistons. <laughs> So and then we get we get we get we get the uh, the uh, the Raptors Hawks, which actually I think would be much more fun than it's been other years. I think it's a more interesting kind of play. Whereas like the Hawks, generally the team that winds up on NBA TV, I think that series is going to be interesting. But really, I think actually Cavs Heat would be just amazing, and I think Wiz Bucks would be really good basketball. Just I just want I want to see Giannis in the playoffs, and 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 I kind of although I mean like even if if we get Bucks Cavs that that would be interesting. But again. I think that, like, from a TV point of view and just from how fun, like, the Cavs playing in Miami and LeBron going back to Miami in a four-playoff series is going to be, I think that's the series that I want to see. Like, basketball-wise, it just would just be great. Yeah,
1: right? I, I'm, I'm fine with it either way. There are a lot of different alignments that could work. I also think there's a, a real chance that the Pacers end up with an interesting first-round series, like one of those... Fun six game losses. Like, I, I could totally see the Pacers being that team, which they were last year. You know, they had that seven game, really fun series against the Raptors. Yeah, they would probably get the Celtics, I think. Well. I, I think they're going to get the Wizards. I think that's going to be the 3 6, personally.
0: Yeah. Uh, that'd be interesting.
1: Again, yeah, I, it'd be fun.
0: Okay, so we've got the last team on the bunch the Cleveland Cavaliers. <laughs>
1: So the Cavs I think we had a pretty clear narrative going into this. So the the numbers for them were fifty five and a half, fifty seven and a half. We thought that given the age of their team, the propensity for injuries, the lack of motivation, that they were just they were still gonna be good, but they were gonna go under and that's exactly what happened.
0: How much how much of the Cavs have you actually seen recently? A lot. I watched the Cavs a lot. Their defense is really bad. It's terrible. It's 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 just really, really, really bad. And and actually, here's the thing. I've actually been thinking about it. So we gave a lot of credit to Lou for last year, but really it was kind of David Blatt's team. So from what I've seen, this is since, basically, this is the Kevin Love injury, this is the worst defense in the NBA. And it's, it's their their 30th, and it's not close. Now, granted, and, 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 again, if you look at their play calling, and I'm getting very specific, but, like, if you go look at this, basically all they do on offense is they're running isolation plays for either LeBron, Kyrie, or Love. Love's out, so they're running more for Kyrie. Which is Kyrie's been playing better, but if you go watch them on defense, what they're doing is they're running basically man coverage. Uh, most of the time, like when they get like Kenny Fry and like Richard Jefferson in there, they're sometimes running zone, but they're running man coverage, and everybody's like kind of lack Like it's like I, I was calling Kyrie captain hand down, man down today on Twitter, and it just doesn't. It it's just it doesn't look good. I, I don't think there's any team that Cleveland could actually stop on defense right now, and this is a real problem, right? So basically everything on this team is about LeBron. And if LeBron, like, as we were saying, like, if LeBron is hurt, if, if he were hurt, this team would this team couldn't beat anybody. They, they wouldn't make the playoffs. So it, it, it's a really, if they won the title, this would be the weakest team to win the title since something like, like Malone's Rockets in like 82, I think it was, or something. But because it, this is a really, this is not a good team right now. And, and, and this is particularly, you know, Love was actually doing things for this team and is a really good piece for them because they could, you know, they could go Tristan and then Love, and it was actually you know, to take him out, and this team just does not look good in, in a seven-game series. Do you think they beat any of the top four West teams?
1: Warriors, well, so, Spurs, uh, there, there are a couple. There, there are a couple things that I want to say. One is I believe that their defense will be well; it'll definitely be better than it has been this year. I just don't think they care, and they Why? have some. Because LeBron is, I mean, LeBron also only gave a crap on, like, he was only great on defense for th- for four games, three games, and that's in the finals last year. Okay, but, but that was also because the Cavs were way better. But I just think that part of what has been bad for them this year has been apathy, and that'll get a little bit better. I don't think it's going to help a lot, but maybe that moves them up, like, you know, a couple points per hundred possessions, which is not much. Also, just their rot. I think their rotation is going to be a little bit better. But also, they're going to get Kevin Love back. So, to answer your question, if the Cavs are where I think they're going to be, I would not favor them against the Warrior, a full strength Warriors team, a full strength Spurs team, full strength Rockets. I think would be close to to fifty fifty. And then they, could, they they couldn't cover anybody on the wing on the Rockets. They they the Rockets would basically have a
0: three part. They, like p- they would have They
1: would have that. would be actually like that would be such a fun series because it would just be so little defense and just a lot of bombing. It would, be, it would be that would be like that series is a great argument for going to a top sixteen format because I would love to see it, but I would hate it as a finals.
0: Yeah, the problem is like again the problem is like in that particular matchup is like the, what the what the Rockets try to do like the 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 Cavs don't cover. So, in essence, it would be like the Cavs playing iso ball versus the Rockets just basically shooting threes. And, yeah, sure, the Cavs would win a couple games, but, like, the Rockets would shoot them out of the building because a lot of that would be open. And the Rockets with their with their let's let's get five shooters on the floor kind of would be a real problem for a team that, you know, really I, I don't see them covering more than Jefferson covers defense, Tristan covers. But, like, it, it gets really kind of bad when you watch them. And I know you're saying effort, but, like... 23rd for the season and 30th since the All-Star break. This, you know, even with a little effort, that's not going to make too much of a difference. I mean, it's... This is why I'm kind of like, I'm really hesitant to think that. I don't think that they, you know, the, I think the odds were they had them better than the field. And I, and I respect LeBron a lot, but this is, you know, without love, right? So let's assume love isn't back for the first round. Do you think this, well, they got Kyrie. How would you compare this team to the 2017 without love?
1: Well, LeBron's team that made the finals. His first finals team. They're better. They're better overall. And I, I do think though, I've I've said that that, that finals because, team. They're, they're better, better, better because they have they're better
0: because they have Kyrie, but like the roster is really comparable. This is this is a terrible like once you get past this top three, this is a terrible well, I
1: think I think JR is, is gonna help them a lot too. Like not not necessarily defensively, but just as an overall team, he just makes them he just makes them better, gives them twenty to twenty eight good minutes, and that pushes a lot of other guys down in the rotation. I think it'll work.
0: Yeah, I was having an argument with somebody about like uh about Delhi and I was like, so do they miss Delhi? It's like yeah, because like Delhi could actually cover people on the wing. Of course right? they do. So, Right, it, and he was like you. When you have him and Chump, and you can actually maybe come up with a kind of assemblage on the defense on the wing, and again, same thing. And this is just me. It's like they're not running any like real defense, and this is going to basically you cannot play man coverage against the top Western teams. Like if you're going to play man coverage with the type of man defense that they have, they're going to get wrecked. And I think that's that's why I think like if they get in a series against a good coach, like right now everything I've seen, I mean. What do you think of Tyron Lue after almost a full season by himself as the head coach?
1: Last year, I think one of the best things that he did was he was not David Blatt. And so he was able to get the players yeah. to kind of buy in that way. The, but they're, they're, kind playing, of they're playing the, Blatt's system, though. Right. And so, well, well, loosely. And I, I mean, I think that with Cle- Cleveland's talent is so conducive to kind of the sandbox feel in the playoffs because Kyrie is just such a ridiculous one-on-one guy. And their defense was better last year, so I thought they made it work. And they didn't really get challenged until the finals. They got that stretch. They had a, a little bit of, an, of advantageous stuff, like with Game 5, with Draymond being suspended and, and Curry not being himself. But, you know, they earned, they earned the championship they got. Yeah. And, and this year's team is just a little bit weaker in a couple of different ways. And the ways that—and they didn't have as—the margin that they had in the East— got a lot thinner because the teams just overall got better than than they were, especially as playoff teams. Like, I think we talked about how Toronto, I think, is better, even if their record's going to be worse. I think Boston's better this year than they were last year. And I think that depending on how, really, how it works out, the Wizards are probably going to be better than some of the teams in that morass. Like, last year, they just didn't really get challenged until even the conference finals, and that was not even that much when they they just had to put on the accelerator twice and they were fine.
0: I don't, again, I don't think that, like, I don't think they have that gear anymore, and that's just kind of my feel from watching them, and I do think they're really vulnerable, and that it would not surprise me at all if they don't make the finals. And actually, it wouldn't surprise me, I I think that they they need, they're at the spot where they need to do some serious rebuilding for next year, because, like, the the holes in this roster are only going to get worse. I mean, you you should not be starting, like, Richard Jefferson, and, like, you know, playing Deron Williams, and, and... Channing Fry if you think that's not a
1: a lot of that stuff's gonna get resolved by the playoffs like they're they're gonna assuming love comes back and they can play their best players just a higher proportion of minutes though they've they've overworked LeBron this year for no good reason like if they can get to that point then I think those sorts of issues will resolve themselves because Darren becomes their backup point guard he'll play you know 10 to 15 minutes a game that's fine Jefferson's gonna get marginalized in the rotation Shump's gonna get marginalized. Fry will be break glass in case of emergency for the most part. All those things are fine. I, I think it'll work out for them, but that doesn't guarantee their defense is gonna be anything. Is gonna be anything anyway. So and they need that. Their offense is gonna be really good, and I, that's why I think they're still gonna be assuming they're assuming full strength. I think they're the the favorites and by a decent margin in the East. But they're gonna have to do it. They're gonna have to have to actually show it.
0: We don't think the Wizards can catch them, right?
1: In, in terms of actual record? No, probably not. It's three, yeah, it's
0: three games, but, like, man, Cleveland's been so terrible, though. It's, it's, uh, I, I, I don't think, I mean, if they had a little more time, maybe, but I don't think it's, ha- it's going to happen. I think, I think they're going to need that home court, and I think that it's going to be really interesting. And, and particularly if they get, like, somebody like the Heat, I, I think either the Heat or the Bucks are going to give them a tough, they're going to have a really tough time that first round, whichever of those two teams it is. Because both those two teams, we've I've seen them like Giannis does bad things the Cleveland team, the do bad things the Cleveland team. Now again, it's still LeBron, and I still would expect them to win, but I think they, they might be in for like a seven round, like a seven game first round series because it's just you know.
1: I, what's interesting though is i think the teams that match up better against cleveland in terms of just pure talent relative to talent are actually the lower seeds and the best teams the the other best teams in the east i think are good teams but i don't think they match up particularly well against cleveland so like washington i i think that there are things they can do but i don't think washington is a particularly great matchup because they don't have a guy to defend lebron the celtics are very reliant offensively on one guy but I could see, so I could basically see them having a lot of long series, but not losing any of them.
0: Yeah, I think I think they could definitely have a. I think if it's Milwaukee or Miami in the first round, they could probably have a seven round series. If it's the Raptors in round two, definitely they're going to have a second. I think definitely the Raptors will take them to a to 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 seven or get or get get them close. So I think that, I'm, I'm, I agree with you. I think their challenges are going to be the first two rounds, particularly with with love coming back. If they come back and they round them to shape, then yeah, it's a different story. I think like the Wizards and the Celtics are not as good matchups for our better matchups for the Cavs. Right. So I think again, the, the, the problem is going to be like, I think that first round series and a second round series are going to be just rough for them because of the matchup.
1: Apologies for the abrupt ending, but Arturo and I went straight into the Western conference and that will be its own podcast considering this was plenty more than an hour in and of itself. And I, I did really enjoy the conversation. You can follow Arturo on Twitter at American Numbers. That's A M E R I C A N N U M B E R S. Love talking with him and always enjoy doing over unders, and it always turns into a big conversation, but something I enjoy quite a bit. It's getting a little bit long in the tooth now because we recorded it on Saturday and now I'm putting this out on Thursday morning, but that's the way it works out sometimes. I've had a lot of different things to cover and then I don't know exactly when the west is going to come out my my tentative plan is for the weekend but we'll see how the timing works on everything like that so really hope you enjoyed it I enjoyed doing it and if you want to support the show there are a lot of different ways that you can do it you can leave a rating leave a review you can also tell your friends tell people you think would enjoy this podcast or any of the other ones that we've done And you can also subscribe and download every episode. Subscriptions are great for Real Jam Radio because I release it on random days, so I do appreciate that if you're listening to this and you like it. Also, you can check out the Mascot Bracket podcast I did with my sister, a very different thing, change of pace, but it was fun. I really do enjoy it. And then the great way that you can support this show is by checking out our sponsors. For this one, it's our new sponsor, MyBookie.ag where they will give you a 50% bonus on your first deposit if you use the promo code REALGM. That's M-Y-B-O-O-K-I-E dot A-G. And our old friends at Seeky. You can download the free Gap, S-E-A-T-G-E-E-K, and you use the promo code REALGM again. Try to make it standard for, every, for everything that we do. And for that one, you get $20 off your first order. It can be for a sporting event, it can be for a concert, it can be for theater, whatever makes you happy, and tells them that you came from us and you get free money. I use all the time whenever I'm not lucky enough to get a credential, so you can check that out as well. If you have any feedback on the show, good, bad, or indifferent, Danny LaRue, NBA, at gmail.com, at Danny LaRue on Twitter, and I read everything, I respond to what I can, but if you take the time to write it, I will take the time to read it. I do appreciate that, and it's a part of what makes the show better. So thank you so much for listening. Take care, and make it a great day.